Welcome to the Broadcast Storm, episode number 110, Introduction to VXLANs. Hey everybody, this is Kevin Wallace, and in this episode of the Broadcast Storm, let's chat about Virtual Extensible Local Area Networks, or VXLANs. If we think about traditional Ethernet switches, they can support a little over 4,000 VLANs, but in today's networks where we might have, let's say, a data center with lots and lots of server virtualization, and we need to isolate this group of VMs from this group of VMs, we could easily run out of VLANs. Well, the great news is VXLANs or Virtual Extensible LANs, they come to the rescue. They let us have over 16 million VXLAN identifiers instead of just 4,000 VLANs. And the way VXLANs can do that is by encapsulating our Layer 2 or, or even Layer 3 traffic and adding a VXLAN network identifier. That's called a VNI for VXLAN Network Identifier. And this VNI is a 24-bit value. That's how we get over 16 million VXLAN identifiers. So that can run over our existing physical network. And we think of that existing physical network as our underlay network. That's how things are physically interconnected. But think about this. If you've got a network with lots and lots of routers, could you set up a tunnel? For example, let's say a GRE tunnel between a couple of routers. Sure. And when you do that, it looks like those two routers are adjacent. They can form OSPF neighborships. It's like they're directly connected to one another. Well, not using GRE, but using VXLANs, that's sort of what we can do with our physical network. We can create a logical overlay network where we have tunnels between different devices, and this overlay network runs on top of the underlay network, which is our physical network. This is going to allow us to extend a Layer 2 domain across Layer 3 boundaries, across routers or multi-layer switches. Now, that's what a VXLAN can do for us, but how does it work? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to encapsulate the original traffic inside of a UDP packet, and we're going to add a source and a destination VXLAN IP address. This is called MAC in UDP encapsulation. And we typically see this done in a data center where we have a spine leaf design. Instead of your traditional campus model where we have access, distribution, and core layers, in a data center, we have leaf switches that connect out to our virtual machines. And then we have a set of spine switches, and our leaf switches connect to every single spine switch. That way, any one leaf switch can get to any other leaf switch by just going through one spine switch. That's a spine leaf design. And one of these leaf switches can act as a virtual Ethernet module, or a VEM. And each VEM, or a VIM, has an IP address. Or it could have more, but it's got at least one IP address that's going to be used to communicate over a routed network. And this IP address is assigned to a special interface on that switch. And that's called a VTEP. VTEP, which stands for VXLAN Tunnel Endpoint. And the VTEP is also associated with one or more VNIs or VXLAN network identifiers. And the VTEP on one switch can talk to the VTEP on another switch, and they can bring up this tunnel between them. And this is a temporary tunnel that allows these two switches to pass traffic between themselves when they need to. And by the way, another benefit that VXLANs give us is if we're sending traffic over a port channel where we have multiple links that are logically bundled together into a single logical link, instead of using maybe just one link, based on destination MAC address that we might typically have with the port channel, the VXLAN switches can intelligently load balance the traffic across all of the links in the port channel. But an issue we have is, what do we do with the traffic for which we don't know a destination? 
That would include broadcast traffic, unknown unicast traffic, or multicast traffic. This is sometimes called BUM or B-U-M for broadcast, unknown unicast, and multicast. This BUM traffic, where do we send it? Well, there are actually different ways that VXLANs can handle this type of traffic, but a really common way is to use multicast. And it's important to note that multiple VXLANs, they can share the same multicast group. After all, the VXLAN packets, they include the VNI, so when the receiving VIM gets the packet, it's going to say, oh yeah, I'm not going to send this packet out this port because it's got the wrong VNI. And as an example, I'd like you to visualize the topology where we've got a couple of servers that want to communicate. We've got server one and server two. Server one is connected to one leaf switch. Let's call it leaf switch one. Server two is connected to another leaf switch. We'll call it leaf switch two. And server one wants to send traffic over to server two. It knows server 2's IP address, it's on the same VLAN, but it doesn't know the MAC address of server 2. So what does it do? Well, it's going to ARP for it. It's going to send out a broadcast to say, hey, does anybody know the MAC address corresponding to this IP address? And when it sends out that broadcast, it's going to go into, let's say, port Ethernet 1 slash 1 of leaf switch 1. Well, just like switches do, it's going to make an entry to say that that MAC address lives off of that port. But because this switch is configured for VXLANs, it's not only going to say that this MAC address is off of this port, it's going to see that that port is a member of VLAN 10, we'll say. And there's a mapping in that switch that says VLAN 10 maps to VNI, we'll say 100010. Therefore, the entry for that MAC address is going to say the MAC address for server 1 that lives in the 100010 VXLAN, that's its VNI number, it's available out of port Ethernet 1 slash 1. So we know how to get back to it. But what do we do with this ARP broadcast? Well, that's part of that BUM traffic we talked about, the broadcast, unknown unicast, and multicast traffic. What do we do with that broadcast? Well, we're going to send it to a multicast group. And who's a member of the multicast group? That's right, it's the leaf switch connected to our other server, leaf switch 2. It's going to receive that multicast traffic, it's going to decapsulate it and see that there's an ARP broadcast inside, and it's going to flood it out its ports belonging to that particular VNI, and it's going to reach server 2. Server 2 responds and says, that's me, I've got this MAC address. And when leaf switch 2 gets that, Leaf switch 2 is going to respond to leaf switch 1 saying, yeah, that uh, MAC address you're looking for, I'm connected to it. So if you need to talk to that MAC address, set up a tunnel with me. And we send that information back to leaf switch 1, and it sends out the MAC address to our server, server 1. Now server 1 has the MAC address of server 2, and to communicate with it, it sends a properly formed frame to server 2's destination IP address and MAC address. It goes into leaf switch 1, but leaf switch 1 has an entry that says, if we're trying to get to this MAC address, I need to set up a VTEP tunnel with this IP address, leaf switch 2. And it does. It sets up this VTEP tunnel, and over that tunnel, even though we're spanning the backbone, we're going through a spine switch to get there, we're actually routing traffic, even though these two servers belong to the same subnet. They're separated by a layer 3 boundary. But through this tunnel, it looks like we're part of the same layer 2 domain. And over that VTEP tunnel, we're able to send the traffic within the same VLAN, or technically within the same VNI, the VXLAN network identifier. We send traffic from server 1 to server 2. And that's an example of how VXLANs can help us communicate between two devices in the same layer 2 domain, even though they're physically separated with a layer 3 boundary. And VXLAN communication is not limited to talking between members of the same layer 2 domain. We could route as well. 
we just did something different in this example. But that's a look at the pieces and parts that make up VXLAN communication. And VXLANs, that's a topic appearing on Cisco's Enterprise Core Exam coming out next year. And if you're studying for the CCNA coming out next year, that's the new 200-301 exam. Well, great news, we've just released our new CCNA video training series. It covers every single topic on the CCNA Blueprint with over 200 videos. We've got review questions. We've got a practice exam. We give you hands-on lab experience by using a Cisco Packet Tracer. And it's available right now if you want to get started on your CCNA studies. And I want to give a special discount to my podcast listeners. So here's the URL that you're going to use to get your 20% discount. You're going to go to kwtrain.com slash CCNA20. That's CCNA20 to get your 20% discount. Again, that's kwtrain.com slash ccna20, no spaces. And in addition to getting your 20% discount, I'm also throwing in six bonus courses. I'm going to give you CCNA foundations, covering some foundational networking topics to help you think about your career and do goal setting and get tips for getting a job in IT. I've got another course that I call your IT career success blueprint that normally sells for $97. I'm going to throw that in. And one of the most challenging topics for CCNA candidates is subnetting. And I'm throwing in a course on subnetting. And I'm throwing in some deep dive courses on OSPF and EIGRP and Spanning Tree Protocol. Grand total, it's $490 worth of bonus courses that we're throwing in. Plus, we're giving you a 20% discount. And again, to get that course and get started on the new CCNA, go to kwtrain.com slash ccna20. And I look forward to spending time with you again on the next episode of The Broadcast Storm.